Hey, this is Shannon from Slapdash, and this episode is sponsored by 606 Iron. Located in the Big M Plaza in Whitley City, Kentucky, 606 Iron has cardio equipment, free weights, numerous weight training machines, weekly kettlebell classes, and tanning beds. Stop by 606 Iron for membership information or call 606-310-4918. History, art, science, and everything else. They slap down a new topic and dash off to next. It's a great big world with so much to know. Like cryptids, time travel, and the history of Poe. If you want to be a smarty, better learn something fast. With Shannon and Jason on Slapdash Podcast. On today's episode, we are discussing the art of productivity. Across the table is a man who simultaneously answers emails, takes out the trash, studies Spanish, bathes, and walks his dog all at the same time. Jason Creekmore, how are you, sir? Hola, senor. Hola. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, Spanish for hi. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's one of my... Is that what you learned? Yeah, it's, it's one of the activities that I do. Yep. That's pretty Taking good. Taking a bath, doing multiple things. Yep. I appreciate that about yep. you, man. You're that, welcome. That you can do all that stuff. Yep. Pretty cool. So, Jason, productivity is important. It's hard to get anything done if you don't get it done. I would agree. Right. What What do you think are some of the biggest challenges to productivity in your life? Mm, for me, it's probably, I guess, just sort of general interruptions. I guess yeah. maybe like phone calls. I mean, and sometimes that's part of your work, right? Sure. But I mean, if, if you're really engaged like in a, in a special task or, or a, a project or whatever, to sometimes have to maybe, you know, answer phone calls or maybe put out a fire that you didn't know about five minutes ago or, you know, oh, yeah. that type of thing. Yeah. So basically just maybe small interruptions, mm-hmm. uh, you know, someone at the door, it, you know, whatever. And sometimes those small interruptions become the rest of the day. Have you ever had that happen? It could be. Oh, like yeah. Every this, once in a this while. This becomes the thing for right. the day and then yeah. you just have to push everything else aside. Yeah, that surely happens. It's just part of the the uh, business world. It does. Yeah, and now we're all working from home, so that That's makes right. it a little more challenging in different ways. Yeah, uh, I have uh, become much more of a chef. I know in in recent oh, wow. uh, recent months. Yeah, so it's always what, what, like what have I'm, you been making uh, nothing major. Cinnamon rolls. <laughs> nothing major. Cinnamon <laughs> rolls, maybe hot pockets. You know, okay, some of the finer things yeah. where I'm I'm deep in thought on just some the kind best of best cuisine. Yeah, at and the then Creek all of a sudden. Cafe. Yeah, yes, that's what I should name it. And then all of a sudden, you know, from the from the bedrooms, like, Dad, I'm hungry. <laughs> so I have to push push pause, and you know, you're, you're on a Zoom call when that's going on. Right? <laughs> yeah, I can tell you right now, they don't care about the Zoom call. No, all they care about is the hot pocket. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was funny something you said in another episode that you would be on like a Zoom call, and you would have one of your daughter daughters in the background, and they would just say, "Daddy, can they save me?" <laughs> And you're like, well, no, but they can hear you, sweetheart. (laughs) Just assume that everyone can see you at At all all times. So, Jason, we've compiled a a pretty comprehensive list of some time savers that people can take in order to maximize their workflow, improve their life, and just overall get things done more efficiently. I need these, absolutely. That's the name of the game sometimes. We have referenced an article by John Rampton. It's called 101 Time Management Tips to Boost Productivity Every Day. And it's sort of a composite of a lot of different leadership theories that I think we're going to tie in as we go along. And we'll hop into the list. The first tip we have is what I think is probably the simplest of any of the tips, and it is just breathe. Sometimes we need a way to slow time down a bit. We can do this by slowing down the rate at which we breathe, even for just a few minutes or right before beginning a meeting or project. 
I've done this before. Sometimes I get a little anxious right before I have to speak to people. You ever do that? Or are you just oh, yeah. uh, the stone giant and you just stand and deliver? Yeah. No big deal. No, I usually get sleepy. Oh, really? I usually get just get like sleepy. Yeah, for some reason. I don't know. Man. I always have. Like when I get like, you got nerves of sleep. When I get a little bit nervous for whatever reason, you just get tired. My body gets really sleepy. I start yawning and everything. Yeah. Okay. I've noticed that about myself. My heart kind of starts going a little bit and I get fidgety. So it's really? probably the opposite. Yeah. Hmm. I'm, I'm more likely to run a lap. Right before, oh, yeah. you know, giving a speech. I guess you're more likely to fall asleep. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so here's an interesting fact. The life expectancy of a turtle is 120 to 140 years. That's a long time. And a turtle breathes around four times per minute. An elephant lives for 80 to 90 years. And an elephant breathes about eight times per minute. Are you seeing a, a pattern here? Okay. I, the, I think more, I'm more breathing, up. the quicker you die. <laughs> Apparently, 150 years ago, prior to the invention of modern medicine, humans lived between 50 and 60 years unassisted without any sort of medicine. And humans breathe 12 to 15 times per minute. Thus, if you want to change your relationship with time, you should start breathing more slowly. Breathing slowly has a calming effect on the nervous system and can lower heart rate as well as blood pressure. It can also give you more time to think and meditate before performing a task. I'd like to get down to maybe one time per minute. <laughs> that would be like a really intense breath, right? Be like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that, would, that, that wouldn't be a nonchalant sort of a <gasps> sort of thing, not not a hiccup. I mean, if you knew you had one chance to breathe for the whole minute, you would you would suck in the air. It's like that, my friend. That guy's going to live to be 110, but he sort of scares me. <laughs> he breathes really loudly, like just all of a sudden. Can you imagine? Okay, so I think my next one, or my first one, I guess rather, is uh, measure twice, cut once. And this is from the you know an, uh, an old proverb that basically encourages one to double check their work so that uh, you don't have to go back and forth and make corrections after it's over. So I know a lot of times if I'm typing an email or, I mean, obviously time is of the essence, right? Mm-hmm. So you're trying to get it finished. Uh, and then oftentimes uh, it would probably be wise to go back and, and, and proofread that or double check it or sure. have another set of eyes. But then every once in a while we go, well, I'm, I'm I'm sure it's okay, and we'll go ahead and, and we'll send it. So I know we, you, know, you and I we we work on that stuff like that all the time. All and the time. Uh, on the major major things, we proofread and, and double up. But sometimes, you know, when when time's ticking away, you have to go ahead and send an email or, or whatever. But but yeah, that's that's a very uh, really good piece of advice: is measure twice, cut once, uh, put the time up front to proofread it, yeah. as opposed to having to go back later and make a correction or sure. you know that type of thing. I've heard this discussed before, and someone asked the person who was explaining this in a seminar or some sort of training that I attended. He said, you should measure twice, cut once. And someone said, how do you have time to always be measuring twice? And the person just said, I don't have time not to. Right. And if you think how do you about always that, have time to, yeah, to but, yeah. because if you if you don't take the time up front, you're certainly going to be taking the time later and it's probably going to take right. a lot longer in order to clean up the mistake or make better whatever right. was, was messed up. Jason, the next tip I have is turn off the TV. And this applies to, uh, you know, a lot of different scenarios. If we want to increase productivity, we must eliminate distractions. You talked about at the beginning that little distractions often pop up and it breaks our concentration and causes us not to be able to focus. It seems simple enough, but distractions are becoming nearly unavoidable in our world. From television to text messages to social media, we've given anybody and everybody in the entertainment world and everybody on our friends list access to our time. And it's, it's almost involuntary 
Yeah, that's at tough. this point. On average, adults spend eight years and ten months of their lives watching television, plus an additional eight months discussing television shows with others. I don't know if that's true of me, especially recently, because we've become cord cutters, and right, that's yeah. the term given to those who just use streaming services and don't have cable television. Right. I, I can't say I watch that much television anymore. Do you? You know, actually, no. Uh, I'm, I'm a big sports guy, so I might watch maybe maybe like a, a game every two or three days, and that's usually a couple of hours. Yeah. Uh, maybe Netflix for an hour, you know, every other night or something. So, I mean, probably an hour a day. I mean, you know, sure. just roughly. So, we're not the average Americans. I don't think so. But in general, about nine years of one's life is spent watching television. Man, that, that, that's a lot to give up. That's kind of sad, really, to think about it that it way. Is. Here's another one. On average, adults spend three hours and 30 minutes using digital devices every day, which accumulates to 76,440 hours over 60 years. That's about 19% of our waking lives. So if we're awake for 16 hours, we're on our phones for about a, a fifth of that. So no, so uh, on an average of how long each day, you said? Three hours and 30 minutes. Yes. Three and, and a half uh, hours. Uh, if you're actually counting on the phone as, as phone calls, texting, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm over that. Yeah. I mean, if, if you count social media, actually talking and texting, sort of anything you would do with your phone. If you count work-related, like emails and all that yeah. stuff, too, oh, yeah. man, it, I it think, definitely takes your time uh, yeah i'm i'm not uh, very proud to say i think my my average screen time is about six hours a day yeah i'd say you're yeah, yeah. a lot of people are, are moving in that direction especially as it becomes a necessity in everyday life but if you want to get more accomplished you got to refund some of the time to yourself turn off the television put your phone in another room for one extra hour a day during that time try to be productive it will be hard at first because people are extra sensitive to boredom these days i certainly am Whenever the the first time that I kind of get stuck on a problem, my first inclination is to reach for my phone and be like, ah, and just start scrolling through Facebook. <laughs> yeah. You know, but over time, you can increase your tolerance for boredom and find new ways to engage your mind. Essentially, you'll be rewiring your mind to seek creativity for stimulation rather than passive entertainment. And man, I'm so guilty hmm. of just wanting to be oh, yeah. passively entertained. I yeah. want to see pictures of people's food that they've been eating on and, Facebook. And, and, and just not think. <laughs> thinking about much yeah yeah just not have to worry about it well shannon have you ever heard of eat the frog first have you ever heard of that phrase (laughs) i have yeah (laughs) so mark twain once said that if the first thing you do each morning is to eat a live frog you can go through the day with the satisfaction of knowing that that is probably the worst thing that's going to happen to you all day long right (laughs) i like that i like the satisfaction just kind of get that out of the way yeah so the frog obviously is whatever the toughest most difficult task of the day is for you uh it's typically the most it's the uh, task that has the highest likelihood of being i guess victim of uh procrastination sure type thing right and so and oftentimes that that's great advice but oftentimes it's difficult to do because again whatever whatever the frog is maybe it's scheduled for one (laughs) o'clock or maybe it's scheduled for two o'clock yeah sure and so but if if uh if you have power, whatever it is, the most significant task that you have, you know, throughout the course of a day, go ahead and just tackle it first. Just go ahead, tackle it, get it out of the way. What if your task is to need an actual frog? Then like, that's what you have to do for the day. <laughs> Call in sick. Just, <laughs> <laughs> that's probably the best response you could give to that. I'm not eating a frog. 
unfortunately. <laughs> no. <laughs> the next tip is schedule according to energy. You will always have the most energy in the morning time. So your highest energy levels will be within two and a half hours of when you wake up. Try to spend at least the first two hours of your workday doing something creative and or something that is important, but maybe not necessarily urgent. And Jason, we've talked about this before. There's a a matrix in the Stephen Covey book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, which we found out today was called the... I think it was called the the Eisenhower Matrix, which I, uh, I had never heard of that name in regard to this format. Yeah, I hadn't either. I'd always called it just the the Stephen Covey thing right, yeah. <laughs> in the book. Right. right. But basically, Stephen Covey talks about trying to accomplish tasks that are important but not urgent. The things that need to be done, but they're not like burning fires today, but they will eventually become burning fires if you don't take care of them. Right. Unfortunately, most people spend their time either doing things that are non-urgent and not important or urgent but not important. And the distinction there is if something's urgent, like the phone's ringing or you have an email pop up in your inbox, it's urgent because it happened right then, but it may not have the same level of importance as something that's two weeks down the road that you have to be preparing for to get ready for your boss or something like that. But this strategy allows you to be proactive in completing important tasks, and it also allows you to complete the task when you have enough energy to see it through. At the end of a long day, If you have 30 minutes left and no energy, find a small task that will generate productivity but not exhaust you. Sometimes just cleaning off your desk or refilling your post-it notes is enough to round off a hard day. Instead of wasting 30 minutes, which many of us are guilty of doing because we're tired, do something that doesn't require a lot of energy. So sort of front load the Hmm. day with those high energy, creative, big tasks. Sort of like you said, eat the frog. Find the frog and eat it, Find that frog, get that frog, you know, eaten. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, at the end of the day, you can do less important things, but still spend what energy you have left. Right. Our next strategy is simply wake up earlier. That sounds sounds pretty simple, right? Yeah. How do you do that? Just get up. Yeah. Just just wake up earlier. Uh, But sometimes that is a little more difficult than... We think, right? It is. I mean, it's just kind of tough sometimes. I love sleep. Uh, I can actually get up a lot earlier than most uh, people in my house. Oh, <laughs> and, really? I, and when I say most people, I mean everyone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Including the dog. I'm a pretty early riser. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, uh, practically everybody needs more time. If I only had more time to do this or I needed more yeah. time to do this. Well, basically... Everyone sort of gets tired about the same time of night, roughly, sure. you know, give or take a few minutes, you're going to bed. But if, if you can get in the habit of actually getting up early, even if it means that that's the time that you exercise, right? Because yeah. you have to take care of your body, too. Uh, and I know that there's some variables involved with that, like is, is it light outside? Is it still dark? You know, or whatever. But if you simply just wake up early, uh, it doesn't have to be hours and hours. It could start off being 30 minutes. Yeah. And then maybe maybe one hour. But you can accomplish a lot in, in 30 minutes to, to one hour. I mean, even if it's walking or exercising or maybe uh, answering the emails that came in after like four or five o'clock the day before. Sure. You know, and then after you you do that and you take your shower, then then you're kind of ready to go. Yeah. So just simply waking up earlier is a strategy to being more productive. And you start with a little bit more of a spark because you know you've already got something behind you before the workday even right. starts. You can cross that off the list. And that I'm really big on that. Like I'll, I'll, I will use post-it notes or like just little sheets of paper and I'll say, okay, Today, I have these five things to do. Right. And, and I'll sort of, like in my mind, rank them in order of importance. It's sort of like the, well, the, the grid you were talking about sure. there a while ago. Yeah. And I'll say, okay, so you know these five things have to be done. And I'll either do uh, the, the quick ones 
first to get to get them out of the way, uh, which would be something like maybe wake up earlier. Yeah. And then the more significant ones, I may wait till a little bit later on in the day. Maybe I, I hide the frog <laughs> or whatever. It just Put sort of depends on away. it depends on yeah. what the frog looks like that day. Is yeah. it a small frog or is it a big frog? Right. As long yeah. as that frog gets eaten, you're okay. That's right. But but definitely, I think waking up earlier, even if it's just a little bit earlier, uh, will definitely cause uh, more productivity to happen. Sure. And a practical way to implement that is if you wake up before your alarm clock, which many of us often do. Oh, I do every, every day. If you're within an hour of the time you were going to get up anyway, try to go ahead and get up. Because otherwise, you're going to possibly do one of two things. Either lay there restlessly, not go back to sleep, worrying about when the alarm clock's going to go off. Or you're going to fall back asleep and enter into a state of sleep inertia which we talked about in our science <laughs> yeah. of sleep episode. And that makes it even more difficult to get up and get your day going because you feel very groggy. Essentially right. your mind is shut down for another round of REM sleep, but you, you're not going to get that because the alarm right. clock's going off. You got to get up. Just sort of fooling yourself. And you're yeah. in a hurry. Yeah. So yeah. get up if you're within an hour of the right. time. Now, the usually when uh, I, I, I mean, I, I have an alarm clock, I always wake up before, always. And whatever time I wake up, I immediately get up. Yeah. Like, I just don't sit there in bed. I mean, I've always been that way. Once once my eyes open, I'm up on, on the ground, I'm ready to go. Ready to go. Another strategy is to keep a time diary. I think most people would be surprised to look objectively at the way they spend their time. If you were to sit down and document every hour you spent over the course of a week, you would see some habits emerge, and you wouldn't probably be very happy with those habits. I'm sure I probably wouldn't. No, I'm sure I wouldn't either. A time diary can help us take an objective peek into our lives to see where all the time is going. And we should strive to establish what I'm just now getting ready to call a time budget. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Sounds cool. Once you have a baseline using the time diary for how you're how you're spending your time you can adjust your habits to ensure you're doing the things you want to do most and minimizing things you want to be doing the least think about the amount of time you spend on an activity as your time budget just like with money during the workday you want to ensure every hour has an assignment that moves you closer to your goals Sounds awesome. Yeah. I, I like naming my hours. This is going to be my eat the frog hour. Eat the frog hour. Yeah. yeah. I want to get that done. Uh, our next strategy is simply make use of wasting time. So like a downtime that you have, I know one of the examples uh, that the article gives is if you're at the doctor's office, right? Yeah. And sometimes you may have to wait 15 minutes, 30 minutes. Uh, I know for me personally, this is a really big one for me because mm -hmm. I have daughters that play basketball. And just this past weekend, for for example, uh, my youngest daughter, uh, she had a, she had a, uh, a 10 a.m. game and then a 4 p.m. game. Oh, that's so, a long day. So we're in Knoxville with really nowhere Just to go. Yeah, so she's finished by 11 o'clock, and we're going to eat lunch, and then we're finished by like 12. So there's like practically three and a half, four hours with us, absolutely nothing to do. So I actually brought my, my laptop with me, typed a little bit in the back seat. Uh, I think I made a couple of phone calls, you know, talked to some folks. And so I actually scheduled, uh, I was sort of proud of myself, I actually scheduled two phone calls uh, at 1 and one thirty. Uh -huh. On that on that day, because I knew that you know we would have had already eaten lunch and we would be sort of ready to go, just kind of waiting for her next game. That's pretty. So good. I tried to use as best I can. So yeah, so that's uh that's a big one. If you know for a fact that you're going into a setting where you're going to have hours. Mm -hmm. uh, or even 30 minutes where you're sitting there with, with really nothing to do other than social media. Right. You know, bring the book you're trying to finish yep. or, 
you know, bring the laptop or if you need to make a couple of phone calls, do whatever you need to do, but just take advantage of, of that downtime that you have and really don't think of it as downtime. Just think of it as just, hey, this is additional time sure. that I can get some work finished. Yeah, th- this is a big strategy. This is one I've used before. I think I use it at the wrong times, though. I think it's best if you have at least 30 minutes or so, yeah. 15, 30 minutes. I'll be at the gas pump. I'll pull out my phone and I'll start looking at emails and seeing, okay, what can I pick off here in the next two and a half, three minutes while the tank's filling up? <laughs> you kind of push the uh, lever where it just barely goes, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, make it go slower. It, it takes slower. That's right. Well, Shannon, this is a, a good spot for a, a break. So let's take some time, sure. Shannon, and let's uh, learn all about some uh, Slapdash merchandise. Sounds like a good use of our time. I think so. Hey everyone, we're happy to announce that the podcast now has a merchandise store. Shannon, everyone loves hoodies and everyone loves coffee. Yeah, and you can pick up a nice Slapdash hoodie or a Slapdash mug and drink your next cup of joe right out of a Slapdash cup. (laughs) We also have t-shirts and stickers. Yeah, we do. So come on by and log on to www.slapdashpod.com forward slash store. That's www.slapdashpod.com forward slash store. We're back and we are discussing different tips for increasing your productivity in life and at work. The next uh, tip on our list is to make a list and get it out of your head. So, Jason, many of us are guilty of trying to remember all the things we have to do during a day, and that can drive you crazy. Yeah, I'm guilty of that. Yeah, I do that. It creates anxiety, and really, honestly, it's it's hard to really actually get the things done because you're expending so much mental energy just trying to retain them throughout the day. In the book, Getting Things Done by David Allen, which is a classic must-read book on productivity. It's on my bookshelf right now. Allen talks about getting things out of your head so that you can use your headspace for creative ideas rather than just trying to remember things. Every appointment, every due date, every to-do item, large and small, must be written down somewhere. It can be as simple as creating a to-do list on the desktop of your computer, which is what I've done, or you can have a running list in a notebook, or you can even keep notes in your phone. In fact, it's important to be able to keep lists in multiple places because you never know when you're going to be without your laptop or without your notebook or without your phone. Whatever the method you use, don't leave stray appointments or tasks floating around in your head. The amount of energy you use trying to remember the tasks that need to be accomplished should be spent doing important creative work. The worst thing that can happen is that we start to feel like a sense of accomplishment because we remembered to do something. Remembering to do something is a basic expectation. So we shouldn't derive our reward from just knowing something is due (laughs) or that we have to be in a certain place at a certain time. The reward should come from accomplishing the task and the remembering part should just be jotted down for reference somewhere. That should be the easy thing. Right. Automatic. Our next strategy is don't break the chain. And this is, of course, a, a reference to uh, Seinfeld. Did you ever watch Seinfeld? I sure did. So you know what I'm talking about don't here. Don't break the chain. So uh, basically, uh, every day that Jerry uh, would write, you know, he would, uh, on, on the calendar on the wall, he would mark off the day in red, right? He would sort of exit. Mm-hmm. And so you wanted to be consistent. So really, this is a, a lesson in consistency. So whatever it is that you're, uh, you know, trying to accomplish, maybe you 
like it's uh, how many days that you're walking in a row. Again, if yeah. it's like exercising, maybe it's how many days that in a row that you're going to write at least five pages toward that book. Mm-hmm. Whatever it may be, every day you accomplish that, you simply, okay, good deal. I'm going to mark an X, you know, a, a very visible uh, sign that I have accomplished the the, uh, the day's task. And so you do that the next day and then the next day. And then so the goal is to basically never break that chain, you know, to, to just right. never, never not do it, yeah. you know, f- for a day. And when you feel the worst, oftentimes that's the best time to do it anyway, as counterproductive as that sounds, because that proves to yourself that you can do it on your worst day. Therefore, on your best day, you're going to be up to it. Yeah. And and the cool thing about this is it it helps you to obviously develop new habits, right? Right. And every time you do the thing that you set out to do and you get to make another X, you're casting a vote for the person you want to be. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. So, you know, I'm either I'm casting a vote either way. Either, you know, if I want to exercise and I want to be healthy each day, I can cast a vote to be that person that I want to be by either going out and exercising or if not, I'm sitting on the couch and I'm casting my vote in another direction, whether I like it or not. One way or another, a vote's being cast, right? Yeah. The next tip we have is ditch commitments that waste your time, energy, and attention. Uh Uh-oh. What about that? First of all, before implementing this strategy, go ahead and complete the commitments you've made to other people. (laughs) Right? (laughs) It's not going to do you any good to make a phone call this evening and say, you know what? (laughs) I was texting someone right now when you said that. I was like, you know what? It's a good idea, Shannon. I'm doing it right now. (laughs) I I need to ditch this uh, meeting we have or this phone call we have this evening because you're wasting my time and energy. Dear dear Mindy, I will not bring home dinner this evening. <laughs> Shannon Shannon told me not to. That's right. But you know what? It's hard to be productive if everyone is mad at us for not doing the things we <laughs> promised we would do. So first step is go ahead and just, you know, clean out the log. Get right. the queue empty. And then when planning future commitments, only plan activities that add value in an amount proportional to the amount of time spent. So, for example, if you have a weekly one-hour meeting with your team every week and the value added by the meeting is worth one hour of your day, keep doing that meeting. It's obviously valuable and it is time well spent. However, if the meeting is redundantly scheduled but doesn't always really need to happen on a weekly basis and you feel like this is just something I put on my calendar because we have a meeting at this time every week, if there's nothing actually to do, Get rid of the meeting. That's hard to do a little bit. I'm a little bit OCD. I like to see my calendar aligned and have you just know, sort of perfectly. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, sometimes it can even make us feel like we're doing things, even when that thing is sort of artificial. Unless right. there's a reason to meet, there's no reason to meet. Right. <laughs> right. We've all left meetings and thought to ourselves, well, that could have been an email. And that really happens sometimes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Only use the amount of time that is absolutely necessary to accomplish a task and use the other time focused on productive and creative work. Our next strategy is simply be decisive. Uh, I know a lot of times folks will sort of think about the decision that is to be made, right? And so this isn't to this isn't to say to make a uh, a rash decision, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, just sure. without thinking, but you know, uh, you know, research, look at the data, whatever, whatever you know, your decision is uh, in, in involving. Make sure that you review all that. But then once you make a decision, just make a decision and go on. Sure, you know, you're going to mess up sometimes, so that's okay. So don't be afraid to make a decision. You know, don't let the sort of the saying, don't let the perfect uh, be the enemy of the good. Oh, you know, that's that's good. You've heard that before. Or where that's perfect. That's is that perfect. No, it's just good. It's, <laughs> it's just, just good. good. And yeah, that's so, okay. And that's right? and yeah, yeah. 
But so, you know, don't don't let uh, basically this idea of you know, I have to make the perfect decision and this decision must work perfectly uh, scare you into making a decision. Right. You know, oftentimes most things aren't perfect. Sure. And that's OK. So uh, but at some point, uh, leaders have to be decisive. Yeah. You have to make a decision. You have to make a call. Sometimes we get stuck in what's been called analysis paralysis. <laughs> we, <laughs> yeah, I've we, heard of that. Yeah. We go back to the drawing board and look at the graphs right. and the charts. And before too long, we're almost intimidated yeah. to make a decision. Yeah. Numbers are still there. <laughs> they haven't changed. Right. right. It reminds me on The Office. I don't know if you watch. Have you watched The Office very much? Yeah, I've, I've watched several episodes. There's an episode where Michael Scott declares bankruptcy. And he just walks into a room and uh, he's, he's obviously broke, but he walks into the middle of his office and he says, I declare bankruptcy. And then everybody just looks at him and they said, Michael, you know, that's not how that works, right? You, you can't just say it. And he say, and he looks at him and he says, I didn't say it. I declared it. <laughs> and then just walks off. He was being very decisive. That's what that moment. I have to give it to him. Yeah. The next tip is to cross something off. And this seems like a no-brainer, but you must frequently reevaluate your to-do list and decide if something no longer needs to be done. This can be an item that was once important but is no longer important. For example, making a phone call to someone when the reason for the phone call is no longer valid. I tend to, to get my to-do list ranging into the like pages and pages sometimes sure. just because it's easy to to add things and just work on those two or three things that you're really passionate about, you know? Right. But over time, if you don't get all the tasks accomplished, then they're, some of them might get stale and they might not be as important. It seems like a small thing, but removing the no longer important items from your to-do list can be empowering. You're removing things from your list without having to expend any effort. And man, it feels good to cross something off of a list. Often, <laughs> keep some of my to-do list that like the physical ones because i have a notebook that i'll i'll keep at work and i'll x things off just i, I may keep that for a couple of days even when it gets done because sometimes i need that encouragement that you know what i can accomplish things i can get them done and i've i've proven that i have in the proof past. look at this post-it note <laughs> here it is here's five things and most of them are are amphibious and i've eaten them <laughs> Uh, but additionally, the items that remain will be more focused and allow you to jump right into your to-do list without any unnecessary distractions. Our next strategy is simply schedule your work in batches, or it might be easier to think of it as sort of types of work, right? So, yeah. you know, we, we often hear that multitasking is important, and this particular strategy really is sort of the reverse of that or the opposite of that. It wants you to uh, focus in on one type of work, for instance, let's say meetings, okay? So if you are the one that is scheduling meetings, mm -hmm. perhaps try to schedule all of your meetings in one day if, if that's feasible, and then that way you're sort of in meeting mode that yeah, day sure. and you're not having to go back and forth between like um, I'm answering emails here then we have a meeting over here I'm having to analyze numbers over here I'm having or whatever it may be right? right so try to stay in that same train of thought whatever it is if possible or at least in bigger chunks maybe the first half of the day to the second half of the day yeah. but it's really tough to do different types of work like every 10 to 15 minutes because your right. mind has to uh, shift gears yeah repeatedly. because there are certain skills that are required for this type that maybe they're not required for this task. And so that, that can be difficult. So if, if you can schedule your work in batches, uh, according to uh, this, uh, this particular suggestion, 
probably beneficial. I think that's smart. I've seen some research talking about multitasking, and it's it's not all it's cut out to be. Right. A it lot sounds of, cool. Sounds good. And I think to some degree, the the modern day multitasking isn't necessarily oh do a spreadsheet, hop over to a phone call, hop back. It's more so being able to deal with emergent challenges. So you didn't plan to have a phone call right in the middle of doing your spreadsheet, but you're able to transition and sort of code switch between, all right, I'm working on a spreadsheet versus I answered this phone call. But definitely chunking things together and trying to focus and work deeply on one task through to completion is going to be more powerful than would be working on three or four tasks at the same time. The next tip on our list is to establish maintenance days. When possible, try to group procedural tasks on the same day, and this ties a little bit into the the chunking there or the batching of time. For example, if you need to take out the trash, do your laundry, pay the bills, and or run errands, these are all low creativity and high energy tasks. Try to keep these tasks grouped together so that they don't interfere with the the work that might require the higher levels of creativity. These types of procedural tasks tend to interrupt work that requires deep concentration. You might be right in the middle of doing something that is very important to you and very high up on the list and might even be considered a frog when you realize it's time to take out the trash because the trash runs that day. So try to group those tasks together. Try to have those maintenance days where you do all the procedural things together and at the same time. If you don't have to worry about the procedural tasks in your life, you'll have more time to focus on creative, high brain energy tasks instead. You will always have the comfort of knowing that the procedural tasks will get done because they're scheduled on the same day. You know, Wednesday's going to come around pretty much every week <laughs> we for the most so. part. So you'll have less anxiety and be better able to focus on the brain work. Finally, our last strategy is to allocate your entire day. Are you ready for this, Shannon? I don't think I am. Or at least I guess your, your work day, you know, the non-sleeping day. Yeah. To allocate your time throughout the day into five-minute slots. I heard you say this before we started. Five minutes. Man. That's pretty detailed. Five-minute slots, huh? Now, I am guilty of doing... Uh, Obviously, 30-minute slots. And, and honestly, I have to do 15-minute slots sometimes. Sure. Five minutes. I don't know if I've ever drilled down to that level for five minutes, but i tell you someone that who does is a, a pretty successful person named Elon Musk. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Runs Tesla, SpaceX. I don't know. So He's done some things. I'm assuming his time is, is fairly valuable. Yeah. Uh, so much so that uh, you have five minutes regardless wow. <laughs> before the next five minutes begins. Man. So do you, do you ever uh, drill down that far? I I don't know that I drill down that far. I, 30 minutes is the basic time chunk for me. I will schedule things in 15 minutes sometimes, but rarely ever shorter yeah. than that. I would hate to be on the receiving end of the five-minute phone call because if your time is <laughs> that scheduled, <laughs> what do you do? I, you could probably like uh, preset your phone to just, just hang up, right? You know, And I'll tell you yeah. one more very important <laughs> and then it just dies. <laughs> it, just, it just dies. Oh, it must be time to work on my spreadsheet. Again. <laughs> if you would like another five minutes, please schedule that for November. Yeah. Wow. So I wonder if he ever thinks of things in, in chunks larger than five minutes. Is that just like, you know, I can have a 10 minute conversation because that's in increments of five or, or do you think there's literally things on his schedule that's like a five minute time allocation to do something? 
I just can't imagine. I can't imagine a lot of like meaningful tasks that you can accomplish in five. I mean, you, you can take the trash out. Yeah. That's important. <laughs> yeah. You can make a sandwich. You can make a Hot Pocket, like I mentioned sure. earlier. But, yeah. in, but in terms of work, yeah. I can't really do a lot of things in, in the five minutes. No. That's like super, super meaningful, I wouldn't think. I don't know. Hot Pockets are pretty meaningful. <laughs> that's that's a big task that you do there at the Creek Moor Cafe. Yeah. That's it pretty is, good. every day. Yeah. Well, Jason, those are all the tips I have. Do you have any final words of wisdom or advice or any other tips to share with the listeners about productivity before we get out of here and get productive? I don't think so. Other than just, uh, I'm a big post-it note guy and it just makes me feel good to, to bullet a list sure. and then mark that, mark those items off, uh, as you know, as we go throughout the day, you've always been a list guy. We, we talk about that when we do our yeah. top 20 episodes, yeah. I you like love lists. making lists. Yeah, I don't know what happened to me at an early age where I love lists. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Something did. I'm <laughs> sure it's like deep and psychological. Sure. And uh, yeah. probably philosophical. Something. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes you who you are. That's right. Yeah. Thanks to all of our listeners who are following us each week. We encourage you to share the podcast with someone. Subscribe if you haven't done so. Also, look for us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram with the handle at slapdash pod. Try to do that when you're not trying to be productive. Maybe schedule a five-minute chunk of social media time. And when you do, go check out one of our pages, and we will catch you in the next episode. Take care, everyone. Be productive.